Thank you, Adam. Today's scripture reading comes from Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to read verses 1 to 2, and we're going to read it in the ESV. There's ESV Bibles in the back if you want to grab one. Um, It's also going to be projected behind me, but we encourage you to find the scripture. Uh, If you're joining us from home, uh, it's kind of hard to read the scripture uh, on the slide sometimes, depending on how big your screen is. Uh, So we encourage folks to look that up on their own. And once you are ready to read the scripture for today, again, it's Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, we ask that you please stand as able for the reading of God's word. And you can do this uh, if you're joining us in person, uh, and if you're comfortable doing this at home, feel free as well, but don't feel like you have to. All right, uh, may the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us today. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and, and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Well, friends, uh, throughout this summer, uh, we have had this kind of uh, informal series, uh, which is things that I need to be reminded of. Uh, And I know that there's a lot of kind of truths that sometimes uh, seem so basic, and yet they're so necessary uh, to remember those things. And today, I wanted to talk about vision. And I, I think that what we look at and what we focus on is so important. But for many of us, what we are focusing on is just kind of default. Uh, We're not always kind of willing that, but just we we just find our minds wandering to certain things and ruminating and playing over things in your mind over and over again. Um, Oftentimes, the things that we focus on the most are basically, well, the things that have to do with us, right? Uh, We're very, very focused on ourselves. And uh, I mean, it makes sense, uh, and I know that's a part of our flesh, Uh, But friends, I wonder, with all of the ways that we focus on ourselves and we worry about ourselves, I wonder how much good that's doing us. In some ways, it feels like inevitable and, you know, like I said, automatic in many ways. But I think we have to ask ourselves, is there a better way? Um, You know, when we have that that, that urge to worry, you know, and we just kind of naturally start worrying. Is there something else that we can pay attention to? And obviously, in many ways, the, the, the obvious answer is Jesus. But I, I want us to kind of think through um, why that's helpful and also how we can do that. Because I think maybe for a lot of us, we're like, well, yeah, duh, Pastor Steve, I should focus on Jesus more. But just talking about it and just saying it and just believing it, like intellectually, maybe isn't enough. Because I think for a lot of us, we don't do that. And so let's take a look at the scripture uh, today, which talks about just that. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and and this idea that there are people who have done this before. So I want to assure you that it can be done. You can keep your eyes on Christ uh, because other people have done it, and it has been very helpful and and beneficial and life-giving. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, 
and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Well, how do we do this? I think there's a couple ways that we can do this kind of practically. Uh, number one, I think you can schedule time to look at Jesus. Uh, as funny as it sounds, I think that's what you're doing when you read scripture. And I think that's what you're doing when you're trying to commune with God, right? You're trying to take your eyes off of yourself and to put them on God, right? And so definitely, I think a lot of us, we try to have that devotional time, that quiet time, whatever you want to call it. And that's something I would definitely encourage you to do. But in this passage, I think it talks about the kind of troubles that we face and the things that entangle us and cling so closely to us, these weights that press us down, right? And so I think we need to make it a habit to notice uh, whenever we start worrying, whenever we start uh, like having those kind of anxious thoughts, whenever we have uh, what I'm calling here unhelpful rumination. And so some of you may know that the word for meditate uh, in, in, in scripture is uh, ruminate. And ruminate is a word that comes from animals. And so animals oftentimes, especially animals that, you know, are, are eating really tough foods like, you know, grass or straw or these kinds of things, they can't just chew it a couple times and just, you know, they have to chew on it over and over and over. Sometimes we call it chewing the cud. And you see these animals just munching on these things. And this is the way we're supposed to uh, uh, process scripture, is you just, you know, let it kind of run over in your mind over and over and over. But I will say that I think a lot of the rumination that happens uh, is with our own thoughts. And, and those things are automatic, right? How many of us kind of have those thoughts that you just, it's like the same thing. It's like a tape playing in your mind and it's just on rewind or it's like, I don't know if you ever had like a video that just keeps playing over and over. Like there's like a reel, like the Instagram thing or something. I, I don't know if TikTok does this. I don't have TikTok. I've never <laughs> looked at TikTok except for maybe by accident. But uh, and I know on Instagram, they'll keep playing the same video over and over and over again. And I wonder if our thoughts are like that. Are there certain thoughts you just get stuck on? You just worry about the same thing, right? You think about the same mistake, that you cannot jump into a time machine and fix it, but it will not stop your mind from running over it again and again and again and just kind of like, like, like it's this weird thing. It's like uh, in sports, having like, like the slow motion replay and sometimes you watch it in full speed and it doesn't do any good, but in many ways, a lot of us, we can't stop doing it. And so, friends, to make it a habit that when you notice those things, to shift, to look at Jesus instead, right? And so, friends, I know that's not something that's going to be easy, but it's something we're going to have to practice doing. So what does that mean, actually, to look at Jesus? I, I don't want to just assume that we know what that looks like, because maybe for many of you, you're like, okay, Pastor Steve, I know it's a metaphor, and we use that in the church, and it's literally in this passage, right, that we should be looking at Jesus, but how do you do that when he's invisible, right, when he's not here, when his, it's his spirit that endures? And so I think there's a few ways that we can do that uh, that might be helpful. And number one, I think, is ingesting the stories about Jesus. And so this is uh, the, the gospel accounts about Jesus, um, I've shared this before that one of my favorite ways to read scripture, uh, especially, um, you know, when I'm just kind of 
uh, out and about when I'm like walking or you know, doing dishes or, or whatever, um, is to just listen to the Gospels again and again and again. And I always encourage people to do this. If you want to spend devotional time uh, with, with God, uh, I mentioned this last week that you know, there's some passages that I think are going to be easier to get into. And, and I would really recommend that you start with the stories about Jesus, about his actual life, right? The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? And, and I think what it does is it helps us to learn more about Jesus. And even if you're not doing this kind of like in-depth study, but the more you hear about Jesus, I, I, I think it, it'll be kind of like, you know, um, It'll be kind of like just spending time with someone, right? And, and, you know, probably there's people in your life that you spend a lot of time with, and you didn't study or analyze them or pick them apart, right? You didn't sit there and write like a paper about them, you know, or, or look up a Wikipedia article about them, but you just spent time with them. And because you spent time with them, you know them. You know their character. You know who they are right? And so these are things that we need to do with Jesus, right? And so uh, the second one is, I think, very similar, but a little bit different because I think, you know, we can hear those stories about Jesus, but we need to know about his character, his love, his grace, his gentleness, his humility, his willingness to suffer, all the things that make Jesus, Jesus. And, And meditating upon that, and really kind of like learning to appreciate and ingest just how good Jesus is. I think that's what it means when we say we're looking at Jesus, right? We're not just like, oh, yeah, Jesus, you know? Did, did he have like a sash or something? Or, you know, like, like did he have a beard? You know, how dark was his skin? That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about his actual like, like physical features. We're talking about his character, right? And so, you know, definitely there are stories about Jesus, definitely in the Bible, that can bring those things to life. Um, but meditating upon that character, you know, almost like, Jesus, like, wow, it's so, so amazing how much you love us and how gracious you are to us, you know? Really marveling at that, I think, helps us uh, to keep our eyes on Jesus and not us, because this is the thing, that we tend to focus on you know, things that are extraordinary, right? Maybe extraordinarily painful (laughs) or extraordinarily beautiful or extraordinarily interesting, right? And when Jesus becomes commonplace in your life, I think it's going to be hard to pay attention to him, right? Because think about it, friends. Jesus is the son of God. He is the word of God. The word of God made flesh. Flesh. God's actual plan for humanity made into human form. Oh my goodness, friends. That is mind-blowing. You, you can't even wrap your mind around that, right? How good would this person be? How loving would this person be? How wise would this person be? I've heard uh, uh, people say, like, like, if Jesus was here, wouldn't Jesus be the most interesting, the, 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 the most uh, uh, like loving and kind and the, the, the smartest person you've ever met? I mean, he's God, right? He's the son of God. But we've lost our sense of wonder, about Jesus. And so meditating upon his character, I think, you know, can help us to uh, hopefully rekindle that love for Jesus. One thing that's kind of been helping me lately, um, I don't know, have you guys heard of the, the show The Chosen? 
Anyone hear of this show? It, it's on the internet, and it, it's made by this, this group that wanted to make a story about Jesus and his disciples, and it's completely crowdfunded, so it's absolutely free. So I think it's called Angel Studios. You can download their app, but I think on Amazon Prime, if you have that, all three uh, current uh, seasons are out. And what's cool about The Chosen is that um, it is the stories about Jesus, uh, but they really focus on the disciples. And that might seem like kind of a weird thing, but th that's why it's called The Chosen, right? It's, it's about the, these ordinary people that Jesus chose to, to, to like serve and love. And uh, I have to tell you that almost every time when I watch The Chosen, almost every episode, I cry. And I'll tell you exactly when I cry. <laughs> uh, oftentimes, it's when Jesus is healing people. It's when Jesus is demonstrating his grace and love for these ordinary people, these sinners, these people who absolutely don't deserve it, but some of them, they're just so desperate, right? They've reached their end, and there's nothing they can do. They cannot save themselves, but Jesus does. And he just does it because that's who he is, and it just breaks me. Every time, I'm just like, you know, like when Jesus like, is like, you know, rise up. And I'm just like, <laughs> like it just, I just get overwhelmed. It's so beautiful. And friends, I got to tell you, like, like I, I, I don't think we need video representations of the stories of Jesus, but why not use it? I mean, you know, that could be something that you could do devotionally. You know, watch an episode of The Chosen every day. Why not? You know, to meditate upon the character of Jesus, you know. And friends, um, this idea too, um, and this is something that we're going to be talking about uh, in the next point as well, is that when you look at the scripture and it talks about this idea of when we are able to look at Jesus, I think that it's, it's this idea that we're laying aside all these things that are entangling us and weighing us down. And it says, instead, look at Jesus and move forward in Jesus. And I think that what happens is that by looking at Jesus, it enables us to do that. Why? Because we realize something really important. And, and it says it here, right? Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. We realize that we're not the only ones doing this, Right? that we're not the ones who founded our faith. We're not the source of our faith. And we're not going to be the one who perfects it. But I think so many times, even in the Christian life, you might be trying to be like Jesus. You might be trying to do the right thing, trying to grow in your spiritual life. But if you do it without looking at Jesus, you're going to be doing it with your own strength, right? In your own power. Maybe you're doing it to prove a point, like I'm strong enough, like, like I, I got this, right? But when you, when you look at Jesus, one of the things that you see is that you absolutely are not Jesus. You're not even close, right? You look at Jesus, you look at his perfection, and you're like, whoa, like me in comparison, who am I? And the fact that this Jesus would want me, <laughs> right? Like, it just makes no sense. It's just got to be grace. That's all it can be, you know? And then you realize, too, 
Um, uh, we were going over this passage with our uh, small group leaders uh, for the campus group for the upcoming year. And we're talking about that, that passage where you know, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And this idea of take my yoke upon you. This idea that a yoke is something that you are like pulling burdens with Jesus, right? Like an oxen, like two oxen uh, yoked together with this, this metal or wooden thing around their necks. And you're pulling this thing, but you kind of wonder. If you look over and you're an oxen and you're like, okay, I'm going to pull my weight 50-50. And you look over and it's Jesus on the other side. You're going to realize something really important. <laughs> you're not doing most of the pulling, Right? And that's so freeing. That is so incredibly liberating for us to realize we're not doing the heavy lifting. And so, friends, the third point that we want to make about looking at Jesus and how we do this is be reminded that God is looking at you, right? That God is, that God loves you. That God uh, is, really wants good things for you. You know, and it's something that we need to, to, we need to be reminded of. And it's in probably the most famous blessing in the Bible, which comes in numbers. Um, this is what we call the Aaronic blessing that Aaron would bless the people with. And uh, it goes like this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. What does that mean? He's looking at you with favor. He's looking at you, and he's beaming. His face is shining. We don't say that about people who don't love the person they're looking at. Your face doesn't shine when you look at your enemies, right? When you look at that person that, who, whose guts you hate, right? Your face shines when, when, when a parent looks at their children, right? When you look at the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with and that chose you back, you know, on your wedding day, your face shines in those moments, right? When you look upon your child for the first time, your face shines. And that's what we are praying for. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. We already told you, this is not something you can earn, right? It's not because you're so good. It's just because of who God is. And we forget that because in this world, it's all about earning. It's all about what we need to do. It's all about our own effort. Even in the Christian life, we forget this all the time. And so when you're feeling burdened, usually it's because you think you have to do all the pulling. And so in those moments, what we can do is look to Jesus and remember He's looking back at you. He looked at you first. And it's a look of grace, right? The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. I have to tell you that when I've looked at this uh, Aaronic blessing, it's a beautiful blessing. But I've kind of wondered to myself, I'm like, isn't it a little repetitive, right? Like, isn't it the same thing? Like, like check it out. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, right? The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. Do you know what countenance is? It's his face, right? The Lord lift up his face upon you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his face uh, upon you. It sounds like the same thing. But I wonder, friends, and and so sometimes people, like, they change the wording a little bit. They'll say, like, the Lord uh, turn his face towards you, right? And and so, like, like, just so it kind of sounds a little bit different. But, friends... I think we need this emphasis. He's looking at you. He's focused on you, 
right? I mean, just we need that. Man, in this day and age, we need that. I don't know what what the the Israelites felt like. You know, they're kind of like wandering in the wilderness all these years. They, They were like enslaved at different points in their history. They went through so much. And there is this refrain, this cry sometimes amongst the people, which is, God, where are you? Where are you? Are you ignoring our cries? Do you not see that we're suffering? And I wonder, friends, in the Aaronic blessing, it's so important that they know the Lord is making his face to shine upon you. The Lord is looking at you. The Lord is lifting up his face upon you. Right? You can't get that enough. You need to know that. What about us? Do you feel like that? There are times where you're like, God, where are you? God, I've been crying out. I'm in pain. I'm in suffering. What, what, why are you so silent? It's something that, that I say all the time, that I think one of the things of our age, the spiritual problem of our age, is we live as if there is no God. Of course, you know, like we've got all these things, like, like there are people who literally believe that there's no God. But even the worldview, I think, for a lot of Christians, the way we live every day, we live as if God wasn't there. And so when you run up against trouble, when when you start getting really worried about your life, it's very natural to feel like you're abandoned, right? And so looking to Jesus is important so you can be reminded that he's always been looking at you. Friends, um, I want to end with, uh, th- these are lyrics to an old hymn. Um, it's from the, the early 20th century. It's called, His Eye is on the Sparrow. If you want to hear just a beautiful version of this, it was in the movie Sister Act 2. <laughs> and it was sung by uh, a great singer, Lauren Hill, who was in the Fugees. I'm dating myself a little bit. This is like, like mid-90s, mid to late 90s. Uh, but Lauren Hill was very young in this movie, and she sings a rendition of His Eye is on the Sparrow. So if you need to be reminded of some of these truths, like put, put that in your calendar. <laughs> put that in your notes app. Look up Lauren Hill, His Eye is on the Sparrow. And, but these, I, I want to just go over. This is just the first verse of His Eye is on the Sparrow. Um, it goes like this. It says, Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion, my constant friend is he. His eye is on the sparrow. This is kind of calling to mind in the Sermon on the Mount where we're reminded that we don't need to worry. We don't need to be anxious about our life. Consider the birds of the air, the sparrows, Consider the lilies of the field, right? And how much God cares for them and how much more than he would care for us. His eye is on the sparrow and I know he watches me. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. For his eye is on the sparrow and I know he watches me. Friends, can we just take a moment? We're gonna go into communion. Maybe just take a moment. You can close your eyes if you want to. And just be reminded that God is watching you. So just take a moment 
You know, I, you might have to use your imagination a little bit, but can you picture the face of Christ? Um, I get all kinds of images. I've seen so many movies and, <laughs> you know, seen so many pictures and artist depictions. And Friends, the features aren't important, but when you picture the face of Jesus, can I ask you, friends, what does he look like? Is he smiling? Is he scowling? Friends, I hope you would know that there would be love in his eyes. I hope you know that there would be nothing but grace there. That we don't deserve that. But can you just receive that? You don't need to do anything with it. You don't need to analyze it. You don't need to earn it, right? It was already earned for you on the cross, right? It's complete, 100% grace. Can we just say thank you, Lord? Thank you that you would look at us, that you would consider us. I need to know that in my life. I need to be reminded I'm not the one doing all the heavy lifting. I'm not the one who needs to bear the weight of my Christian journey. First and foremost, I need to look at you and know that your grace is there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to.